My goodness, they just wore me out. That's, ah, man, I was breathing for them and praying for them, and I got involved in that song. Thank you so much. Well, that's great. That's good. Well, thank you. Thank you, choir. Thank you for worshiping. Thank everyone for singing this morning. Everything sounded great. I pray the Lord was glorified in it and well accepted, and that's my prayer. If you brought your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Peter. We'll look at that in just a few minutes, but I'm going to be sharing from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 23 through 25. And I have other selected scripture I'm going to share with you. I believe I counted just roughly maybe 26, 30 more. You may have to jot those down. And um, Chris is going to help me pray on the screen. But uh, I, I just pray that you bring your Bibles. I'm going to be sharing today about the incontestable Word of God. We're going to talk about the Word of God for the next few Sundays. And today we're going to see how the Bible is incontestable. You cannot contest what's in the Word of God and why we believe that. We're only six weeks away from vacation Bible school. June the 6th through 11th should be one of the most important events that any church could have. I remember when I went to vacation Bible school for two weeks. Then I know it was changed to a week. Some churches have three days. Some churches have two days. Some churches have a day, one day. To each his own. I like at least a full week. And so our vacation Bible school is coming up real soon. I want you to watch this little video clip, if you will. Hello, grown-up people. I'm Skeeter, and that's my bro, Lewis. Say hello, Lewis. What? I don't know what happened. I didn't start a fire. It was an accident. Ha ha! Ha ha! No one's mentioned missing bird feeders or fireworks, Lewis. <laughs> We're talking about VBS. Got it. So, grown-ups, as you know, LifeWay's submerged VBS is upon us. Now, kids from all over the county are coming to your church to hear about Jesus. Now, some of these kids are little sweet darlings, and some of them are rascals. This lyre fluid catch on fire. See what I'm saying? Of course it doesn't, Lewis! Rascal or not, each of them needs to hear about Jesus. There will be kids coming here that have grown up in this church, and kids who have only driven by and wonder what happened to you. Now, we want all of them to have fun and, and feel welcome, and that's where you come in. I need to ask some of you folks to take time off from work. I know our schedules are super busy schedules, and some of you might have to miss bowling night or reschedule your surgery. What? Okay. Well, having surgery, get a pass. Bunch of 
babies, but the rest of you, we need help. It's not hard. We need help playing games and, and creating snacks, teaching the Bible, and making sure no one burns the place down. That can be your ministry. And when it's fall and school's starting up, you don't want to look back and think, man, I just worked away that summer. You want to say to yourself, self, we served our church, our God, and played and laughed with kids. In my opinion, that sounds way better. Yeah, it does. So get involved. See your VBS leader person if you want to help. Scooter Roach. Vacation Bible School. Just a little reminder there. If you haven't signed the list to help in VBS, please do that today. Our theme this year is submerged. Submerged. Finding truth below the surface. And so I want us to just think just a moment this morning about how God's calling us as adults. Calling us as adults. Calling you, calling me to help our children to learn how to submerge. Learn how to just dive deeper into the Word of God. They're going to learn how to find treasures about Jesus from studying God's Word. Treasures that they're going to be able to use in the future. And the most important place your child can be this summer is in VBS. Now you can make plans to go to the mountains. I plan to do that. You can go to Gatlinburg. You can go to the beach. Make plans to go to the beach. You can make plans to go north. You can go to Niagara Falls. You can make plans to go west and see the Grand Canyon. However, whatever you do as parents, make sure you have your child in VBS. Now, why is that? Because God has a life-changing experience that could be waiting just for your child. Not only your child, but your grandchildren, or your neighbor's children, your friend's children. So whatever activities you have planned, whatever places you have planned to go, whatever activities you have planned, whether it's baseball, or fishing, or boating, or swimming, or golfing, or the splash pool, I submit to you this morning that whatever activity it will be, it will never be more important than your child coming and giving one week out of the summer and studying God's Word. Submerge will take place the first full week of the summer break. The rest of the summer, whatever you want to plan. But what I would suggest and submit that you plan that week right after school Children, we're going to VBS. We're going to learn more about the Lord Jesus. So let me encourage you to start the summer off right by showing your child or your children that studying God's Word should be the number one thing in their life. Now, with that in mind, I want to ask you a personal question. Is Jesus Christ supreme in your life? Now, you don't have to answer out loud. Is Jesus Christ supreme in your life? Is Jesus Christ the king of your life? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Now here's the point. 
If Jesus Christ is supreme over your life, then his word should be supreme in your life. Therefore, this morning, I'm going to be sharing with you about the word of the king. The word of the king. The word of God. You see, the word of the king is the word of God. So with that in mind, look at 1 Peter chapter 1 as we look at the word of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 23. Now, he's telling us here how we can be saved. Being born again in verse 23 of 1 Peter 1. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God. You can just underline word of God. By the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. This is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Notice the theme of those verses. The theme of those verses, 23, 24, 25. The theme is simply the word of the Lord. The theme is the word of God. The word of the king. Now, what can you do with the Bible? Now, some people despise the Bible. Some people hate the Bible. Some people hate Christians. Some people hate Christ. Some people hate the church. Some people hate God. Some people just despise the Bible. That's what they do with it. Some people deny the Bible. They'll say, I don't believe the Bible. I believe it's just written by a group of men. I don't believe the Bible. It's just like any other book. You'll find in studying the Bible, it's not like any other book. And then some people distort the Bible. They'll take the Bible and they'll twist it, and by twisting it, they'll bring about false philosophies, or they'll bring about false teaching, and they do all this twisting and changing to confuse people and to lead them astray. But I suggest to you that the most dangerous of all are those who disregard the Bible. You say, Brother Sammy, I don't despise it. I don't deny it. I believe it. I don't distort it. But the most dangerous of all is to disregard it. Now, they claim to believe it, but they know very little about it. Christians who have been Christians for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years know very little, some know very little about the Bible. They disregarded it in times past. They disregarded it as a child. They disregarded it as a young adult. And they grew up in years and they know hardly anything about the Bible. Many Christians have not read all of the Bible. Now, I have a friend who takes pride in in reading the Bible through. And he tells me that he reads the Bible through. But there's only one problem 
he has. It's that he doesn't obey the Bible. The Pharisees knew the Bible. They memorized the Bible. They wore the Bible and a phylactery on their forehead and around their arms, and they could quote Scripture. They didn't believe the Bible. Many of us have done so little to understand God's Word. We're reluctant to put forth a lot of effort. We'll put forth a little effort, but we refuse to put forth a lot of effort. And with that said, many of of us spend a great time during the day reading a newspaper or perhaps uh, watching television. And And I'll ask you the question. You don't have to answer, but just think. How many of us believe the Bible is the Word of God? I'm sure all of us would raise our hand. I believe as a Christian the Bible is the Word of God. I believe everything in that Bible is true. It's the Word of God. But how many of you believe everything that you read and you see on television? You read in the paper, you see on TV. Do you, do you believe everything that you read in the paper? Do you believe everything that you see on TV? But yet, many of us spend more time reading something and seeing something that we don't believe, while at the same time neglecting something that we say we believe. Don't you think with that type of mindset that we need to make an adjustment perhaps today? Don't you think that we need to begin to prioritize some things when it comes to studying God's Word as a believer? Because this, this is the Word of the King. This is the Word of the, this is the Word of the Lord. This is the Word of God. Think of that. Now, I'm going to be sharing about four things about the Bible that we need to know. Four things about the Word of God. Four things about the Word of the King that we need to know. I'm just going to deal with one of those today. The first being the Bible, God's Word, it is God's incontestable Word. Uh, You cannot successfully contest the Bible. Why can you not contest the Bible, disagree with the Bible? Because it's the Word of God. Look at verse 23, 1 Peter 1. He says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God. So the Bible is the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You see, the favorite expression by God for the Bible is the Word of God. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. I believe we'll have this on the screen. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the Word of God with all boldness. Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Ephesians 6, 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hebrews 4, 12. For the Word of God 
is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and of the spirit and the joints and the mara, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 is a beautiful passage. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God, which you've heard of us, you received it not as the world or the word of men, but as in truth the word of God, which effective, effectually worketh also in you that believe. It's the word of God. So why is it important that we call it the word of God? The word of God. It's the word of God. Now, if it's the word of God, did you know that that over 500 times in the first five books of the Bible, God's Scripture is referred to as the Word of God. Over 1,000 times in the book of the prophets, the prophet says, this is the Word of God. Over 4,000 times in the Old Testament, it uses the phrase, the Word of God. Forty-four times in the New Testament, the phrase, the Word of God. Now, if that's true, and it is, the point is, when the Bible speaks, God speaks. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. Now, if God is speaking... What conclusions can we draw from that? If it is the Word of God, then it must be what? It must be perfect. It must be perfect. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. Jot that verse down. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I like what Adrian Rogers said about inspiration. He said, and I quote, A God of truth can't inspire error. It's the word of God. There's no error in his word. Why is that? Because it's the word of God. So the God of truth cannot inspire error. Proverbs 30, verse 6. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. It's his words. Matthew 4, verse 4. But he answered and he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It's his word. So the Bible is given by God. The Bible is, is used or the Bible is given by God, and God used human penmanship. He used human ideals, human expressions. He even used human personalities to bring about His Word. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Adrian Rogers said this, and I liked it. He reminds us of something very beautiful. Don't you listen to this. He says, what does God call the Bible? Well, in verse 23, 1 Peter 1, 23, 
He says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. What does God call the Bible? He calls the Bible the word of God. What does he call his son? Revelation 19, verse 13. Listen to this, jot this down. He calls the Bible the word of God. In Revelation 19, verse 13, what does he call his son? And the Bible says that he was clothed with vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The Bible, this is something, the Bible is called the Word of God, and then his son is called the Word of God. And Roger said this, a man and his word may be different, but God and his word are not. Here's the point. Jesus and the Bible are not identical, but they are inseparable. The Bible is the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. And you can't separate the word of the Lord from the Lord of the word. They're they're together. And Roger shared this. He says, the Lord of that word is called the word of God, just as the word itself is called the word of God. Now, think of the similarities between Jesus and the Bible. The Bible's called what? The word of God. Jesus is called what? The word of God. Can't separate them. Now, what are the similarities of them? Both have come from God. The Scriptures came from God. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, God sent forth His own Son. The Scriptures will last. The Scriptures came from the Word of God. Christ came from the Word of God. His Son came from Him. The Scriptures came from Him. The Scriptures will last forever. 1 Peter 1, 25 but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So the word endures forever. But Jesus endures forever. Revelation 1 verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. So the word lives forever. Jesus lives forever. Similarities. Both are unchanging Matthew 5, verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, not one jot, one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. So the law of the word of God is going to last forever. Unchanging. But Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ unchanging. See the similarities. The Word unchanging, Jesus Christ unchanging. Both Jesus and the Bible are lights in a dark world. Jesus in John 8 verse 12 says, I am the light of the world. The Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 105, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The psalmist says, God's word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. John 17, verse 17, the Bible says, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. 
Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. The word, the truth, Jesus, the truth. The point is, if you believe in Jesus, you have to believe in the Bible. If you believe in the Bible, you have to believe in Jesus. Inseparable. You cannot separate the two. And so the Bible is the incontestable Word of God. You cannot successfully contest the Bible. Why? It is the Word of God. Now, if you will, let's look at Hebrews chapter 4. I want to close with this. The Bible and its power. It's uncontestable, but it has power. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Pick up on that. The Bible, it's on the screen for you. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick. Now, some, some translations have a better translation, which is living. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing sunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints, the marrow, and it is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So, what does quick and powerful mean? The Bible's quick. The word quick comes from a Greek word, zoon. It's where we get the English word zoology. It simply means alive. We go to the zoo. Quick, alive. We go to the zoo. We see all these, these animals that are alive. It's powerful. It means the Bible throbs with power. The Bible's not like any other book. People say, well, it's just like another book. It's not like any other book. You read other books, the difference is the Bible reads you. Big difference. It's not an ordinary book. It has life. The Bible says it's going to last forever. How many books do you know of that's lasted up until now? Do you know a number one seller 10 years ago that's number one today other than the Bible? Do you know a book that's lasted as number one two years or three years or five years? This book's different from all books. It's the Word of God. It's not an ordinary book. It has life and it has power. It cuts, it burns, it crushes. It has power. Why is that? It's the Word of God. It's not like any other book. And so believe this. If you haven't heard anything else, believe this. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. It is the incontestable Word of God. So the question this morning, do you believe the Bible? Well, if you believe the Bible, then, of course, you believe that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you believe the Bible, you know the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is God speaking, not me. God's Word says the wages of sin is death. The, the, 
God's Word says. The Bible speaks. God speaks. The soul that sinneth it shall die. God speaks. Whosoever shall call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. God speaks. See, God speaks. Christ died on the cross for my sins. Tyler prayed, risen the third day. How do I know that? The Bible told me so. It's God speaking. The Bible says if you call on him, whosoever shall call on him shall be saved. God speaking. Just reading. God speaking. So based on the word of God, would you be willing to call on him today and ask him to save you? Based on him speaking, based on his word going forth to you today, and as the Holy Spirit begins to apply it to your heart and your, your life, do you see God's word in a different light today to the point that you're willing to submerge we can't ask our children to do anything that we won't do as adults and go deeper in God's Word. Are you enrolled in a small Bible group class? You don't need to go that deep? Who are you kidding? You either believe it's the Word or you do not believe it's the Word. So this morning, how serious are you about the word is it serious enough that you enroll in a small group Bible a Bible study class? Are you serious enough with it that you'll have your children sitting under it for a week during vacation Bible school, and you see it? The most important thing they could do that week is to sit under the Word of God. Or is there something else better that you think they need to be involved in? our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for a time that we can come together and just open your word and see today that it's incontestable for a simple reason. It is the word of God. Forgive me when I picked up the paper or turned on the TV and spent more time doing that than in a daily devotion time. I ask you to forgive me of that. Cleanse my heart of that. Thank you for showing the error of my way in regards to that. Help me to understand what I have before me. The power. It's alive. It's powerful. And so help me to understand that. That the most important thing that I could read and the most important thing that I could see as you, as you speak to my heart and show me my life and show me my future is your word. Help me to put you first, Lord, by putting your word first. I pray for every person here. Thank you for speaking to our heart and showing us the importance of your word. Today, Lord, as we're in here, our children are in children's church. They're being taught by teachers and and being shared the word of God. And Father, it's speaking to their hearts. 
Use your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. And Lord, may we just be as thrilled to be in adult church worship as they are in a children's worship service because they're studying the Word of God. I pray for every person here this morning. May we be committed to your Word and studying your Word and then sharing your Word. Not a message that we have, but a message that you have given to us to share as we share your word. In Jesus' name, amen.